Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for listening to the 45th episode of the Quarterly Report. I am your host, Armand Lee. A really fun show this week. Producer extraordinaire. You've seen him for Showtime Boxing. And if you live in the DMV, you've seen his work with the Wizards broadcast on NBC Washington. David Duvall is going to stop by to talk about a busy week in the square circle. And we're going to look ahead to the second half of the NBA season. All that plus... The biggest takeaway I had from NBA All-Star Weekend wasn't anything that happened on the court, including Fergie's national anthem. No, my biggest takeaway from NBA All-Star Weekend 2018 is the Shaq and Kobe feud and how fake that interview was on Saturday. All that and so much more. But first, our number one story this week. First quarter. NBA All-Star Weekend is officially in the books. And if you're like me, uh, you've been going through withdrawals, right? I'm an NBA diehard. And the last basketball played on an NBA court was the All-Star game on Sunday, right? And if you guys aren't aware, this show, the podcast, uh, it debuts each and every Thursday. So the second half of the season, well, it's not even really the second half. The home stretch of the season, like the last 20-some-odd games start tonight, Thursday. Uh, so I'm super excited about that. But I was also super excited about All-Star Weekend, and I've heard all the takes over the last few days or so. So I figured, you know, I'll share my opinion on the All-Star game and festivities, if you will. Um, And I'd love to hear what you guys think and feel of the All-Star game and my takes on the weekend as a whole. Remember, you can always tweet at the show. We're at Quarterly Show. That's Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E Show. And you email me at quarterlyreport at gmail.com. But as far as the all-star festivities go, I'm going to start with the game itself. I think I told you guys a few episodes, a long time ago, really. I don't watch all-star games, Pro Bowls, whatever the case may be. I'm not really into the game. You know, uh, I've been like this with the NBA all-star game for probably like the last five years. I haven't really watched it. Um... You know, if people text me, oh, yo, you got to check this out or watch the highlights. And Twitter is always funny during those big time events. I, I do watch halftime uh, depending on what I'm doing because, you know, you know, they may have Rihanna and I got to make sure, you know, my eyes appeal. <laughs> However, you know, I have a rule, you know, man, like I feel like the all star game, no matter what sport you watch, whether it's hockey, baseball, Pro Bowl. You know, I felt like it was a bigger deal when I was a kid, you know, like the idea of the best of the best playing, right? It speaks to your, your child. Like, and I'm not saying you're a kid. If you like it, you know, do your thing. But for me, it speaks to my adolescence because as a grown man, man, I'm not trying to see these guys play an exhibition game. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, it's just not for me. And I, and I hear, you know, people talking about, oh, they need to compete more and it needs to be more competitive. Ah, it's a, it's a, it's an exhibition, you know? I don't know if I want to see, like, imagine, you know, you're Kevin Durant and you're fighting over a screen and you bump your knee with somebody and, you know, you damage some of your your tendons in your knee. If you're a Warrior fan, you're going to be pissed off. But, man, forget this competitive, this whole mess y'all talking about. We want to win a championship, right? So, yeah, Kimba Walker get out there and be competitive. You know, the Hornets aren't going to make the playoffs, but the Cavaliers and LeBron and Steph and Clay. 
you know, four-fifths of the Warriors starting five were all-stars. You know, fans and the owners, front offices of those teams are like, hey, compete to a point. Make sure you get your ass back here safe and healthy. We got a championship to win, right? You know what I'm saying? So I, I'm not like, – and, and you hear that with the Pro Bowl. Oh, they're not playing hard. No, they ain't playing hard. <laughs> Football is crazy. Football hurts more than I, any sport I can imagine of the big four, right? This, these guys' seasons are over, and you guys want them to play hard again? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so, nah, I, I, I understand why players don't give it their all. It's not a real game. But apparently, despite the 148, 146 score or whatever it was, there was some, you know, some uh, heavy competition during the game. I saw the highlights. I saw LeBron James and Kevin Durant uh, take part in probably the most ferocious trap that anyone has ever seen. <laughs> Poor Steph Curry just li- laid up on a baseline, and you see those two guys coming at you trying to, as with all their, you know, competitive will at a 10, you know. So the game, I didn't watch it, but apparently you guys liked it. And that's all that matters, you know. I don't think anyone really wants these guys these guys to compete at the highest level. I don't know if you guys really want to see a hack-a-shack strategy in an all-star game. Because if they're competing at the highest level, they are absolutely going to do that if, you know, Andre Drummond or another bad free throw shooter is on the floor, right? Um, so, you know, but but they apparently it was a success on the game. I'm going to talk to my guest this week, David Duvall, about the game. Before the game, however, we have to talk about Fergie. <laughs> and because, like, to me, that's an all-star moment. You know, people were killing her. The I, I have <laughs> since listened to the uh, the entirety of her uh, national anthem, and it was awful, but it was so bad that it's enjoyable. Like, I'm watching Jimmy Kimmel try not to bust out laughing during the national anthem because of how bad it is. Draymond basically is trying to, you can see it in his head before he just starts laughing. It's like, yo, what the blink is this? And all of that is fun. You know, that that's a moment. That's what the All-Star game, for me at least, is about. Give me the moments. Give me the moments where you're online or you're in your text chain with your partners or you're on your timeline and everybody's just, it's like a sense of community, really. Like, everybody just goes in on whatever you're seeing, whether it's good or bad. Like, that's part of the fun. I think that's what the NBA does really well. They engage on a level outside of just wins and losses. Um, at least for me. And again, I'm biased. I'm an NBA head. But All-Star Sunday, you know, again, I, I'm 35. I've, I've since grown out of that. I don't really get up for the, the All-Star game itself. My, my sweet spot is and will always be All-Star Saturday night. And I got to tell you guys something, man. This, this kind of blew my mind. Uh, Friday, I'm driving around. You know what I'm saying? And I'm listening to the radio, and there are people calling in, and not just a few, several, right, talking about how they're more excited for the three-point competition, how they enjoy the three-point shootout more than the dunk contest. I have never heard of such foolishness in my life, but apparently this is a thing. I don't know. You know, before I get to that, I want to thank the people who had this segment on their show because I would have never known 
that there are people who enjoy the three-point competition more. They are more excited for the three-point shootout than the dunk contest. And I'm glad that these people have made themselves known to the world so I could go about blocking them in every conceivable way. So I never have to interact with these people because these people have to be the lamest of the lame. You know what I'm saying? Like that to me is the equivalent of going to an action summer blockbuster, not for the special effects, not for the stars and the, the, uh, you know, action sequence, but for the dialogue, right? Who goes to see fast and furious 47 to see, you know, the deep soliloquy of Vin Diesel, right? Nah, I want to see cars drive off buildings in an attempt. You know what I'm saying? And a, and a, and a game. Of, and a, and a, I want to see The Rock in Siberia with a wife beater and no gloves grab a submarine torpedo with his bare hands. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see Michelle Rodriguez talk about the meaning of life in Fast and Furious 53. I don't go to a steakhouse for the salad. You feel me? I don't go to the best seafood restaurant in your city for the rice pilaf. You understand? To me, that's the equivalent of being excited for the three-point shootout over the dunk contest. Mind you, that's not to say that there haven't been three-point shootouts that have been better than the dunk contest in any given year. That's not to say that you can't be excited for the three-point shootout. But if you have ever been near a basketball or a basketball court, we've all taken three-point shots. And I'm assuming if you've been around a basketball or a basketball court long enough, you have made several three-point shots. I have no desire, or I shouldn't say that, I'm not nearly as excited to see people do stuff, even, and, and I was going to say at a better rate than I, but some of those guys that's a three-point, Paul George? Paul George made nine. And you know what? Not to get off sidetrack. That's another thing about the three-point contest I don't like. Shout out to Tre- uh, Devin Booker for winning the three-point shootout. You know, he's a nice, young, up-and-coming star in this league. He's a fun basketball player. He has an amazing, a beautiful jump shot. But, you know, I heard a lot of people saying, oh, man, Devin Booker broke this record. He had 28 points in the finals. No, 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 no. This is how fluke the three-point shootout has become. They now have an entire row filled, of, filled with money balls. They just started that jet a few years ago. So imagine what these scores would have been if they shot like Larry Bird and Craig Hodges and Tim Legler shot back in the day. You understand what I'm saying? If Larry Bird had an entire row filled with money balls, none of these dudes would even come close. Like, that's cheating, Joe. You understand what I'm saying? And again, I like the three-point shootout. I love NBA All-Star Weekend to me is really simple. Always, always watch every second of NBA Saturday night, even the skill, like the skills competition. Because you know what? That jet was fun. Joel Embiid, dog, you are hilarious. You are a superstar. Because that jet was hilarious, right? But always watch NBA All-Star Saturday night because that's where it's at. And never watch the all-star game itself because you're only going to be disappointed, okay? But don't tell me that the three-point shootout is better than the dunk contest. It's more exciting year-to-year than the dunk contest. Bro, 
And if you tell me this and have never dumped in your life, then you really need to shut up. You know, the majority of people walking this earth have never dumped. Okay, this is some this is an exclusive club that one of the few that I myself can be a part of and brag about. I can't dunk anymore. Right. <laughs> but I have in my lifetime dunked and I was, you know, nothing crazy. Right. But I could I could do it. You got people who can't touch the rim. Acting like, you know, the dunk contest is old and it needs to be set. I'm so sick of people talking about the dunk contest. Now, again, that's not to say that we can't have bad dunk contests. Right. And we have seen bad dunk contests ad nauseum. Right. We had a stretch where every year it was bad. They brought the damn spin wheel. It was all it was all types of awful. Right. But every now and again, we get great, absolutely great dunk contests. OK. And they stand the test of time. When was the last memorable three point shootout? You know, I, everybody remembers Larry Bird. Right. Putting the, the first number one finger up in the air as he lets that last three point shot money ball go. He didn't have a whole rack of money balls. Just the, just the one. Right. We all remember that. What was the last memorable three point contest you had? And we've had really good three point contests. I guess when Steph and Clay went back to back, that was kind of fun. And Clay beat Steph. That was fun. Right. But think about just recently. Was that better than Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine? Like that's going to you're going if you saw though that dunk contest, you will remember that for the rest of your life. You remember Vince Carter. If you saw it, you remember it for the rest of your life. Dominique, right? And and um Michael Jordan, you will remember for the rest of your life. When Isaiah Ryder did the East Bay funk dunk, the dunk between the legs, the first time I ever saw it. Slim, that dunk changed my life. If you are around my age, it changed your life too. Everybody after that went outside. And this is when the dunk contest was early in the day. And they had to, you, you would go into your friend's house who had like the, the, um, the adjustable hoop. You put the broom in and move it down and you try to do it, right? That joint was that impactful. Tell me that the three-point contest is more exciting than the dunk contest. Man, your life has to suck. And speaking of the dunk contest, my God, they got this wrong. Despite the fact that I am all in for the dunk contest, every year I'm excited. And most years I'm disappointed. They, they really, they, I mean, I enjoy, if you want to talk about just the overall performance, it was cool. I enjoyed it. Okay. Cause I appreciate guys doing stuff that I can't do. And Dennis Smith Jr. Slim, Sir Isaac Newton is beyond the grave right now. Drunk as hell. Still trying to figure out how he did that jank. I am amazed. I am honestly amazed that Dennis Smith Jr.'s dunk is not receiving more praise. I am still astonished at how he did it. He's running, right? Reverses momentum somehow. And if that wasn't enough, he then puts the ball between his legs and dunks it with his switches hands and dunks it with his left hand while doing a 360. I'm like, if if you see that dunk and you just aren't just completely amazed at the athleticism. By the way, Dennis Smith Jr. says he can't palm the basketball. Yet he's doing that. And he didn't even make the finals. That's I, This is not me being hyperbolic at all. That may be the greatest dunk I've ever seen. I don't care 
if he only if he if it took him two or three chances to make it, he made that change. I thought he was going to kill himself. <laughs> you feel me? That shit was amazing. And then Larry Nance Jr. in the finals does a duck that he has to explain to people what he did because people didn't get it at first. I didn't know what the hell he was doing at first. Then you see the replay and you're like, my God. Like, how crazy is that? And he didn't win. Just because you wear a player's jersey who came before you does not mean you automatically get a 50, bro. And that goes for Larry Nance, too, when he wore his daddy's jersey. That joke was all right. But come on, man. This dude broke the laws of gravity. Dennis Smith Jr. broke all, almost all the laws of physics that we understand. And he didn't make it to the finals. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. All-Star Weekend, I enjoyed it. Because of the dunk contest. Because of the skill challenge and Joel Embiid. And because... Uh, maybe in spite of the three-point contest, because the three-point contest this year was bad. But I tell you, my favorite thing of NBA All-Star Weekend and our second topic this week. Second. That's like Kareem saying to herself, he better than me. Now stop, think about that. It ain't about that. It's about P.I.G., a.k.a. Big Shaq. Now that's the difference between first and last place. Kobe, nigga, tell me how my ass tastes. Okay. Kobe, tell me how my ass tastes. Okay, everybody. Kobe, tell me how my ass tastes. I'm a horse. Kobe ratted me out. That's why I'm getting divorced. Uh -oh. He said Shaq gave a bitch a meal. I don't do that. Yes. Because my name is yes, Shaquille. Indeed, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you guys remember this. I don't know if you've heard the whole freestyle. Number one, say what you will about Shaq, but for, you know, to get out there at a comedy club and off the top of your head come out with that that's that's pretty dope you know what i'm saying like as someone and then we've all done it to start bust out in the freestyle try to try to make something that's coherent and rhyme and that's funny and shaq hit like all of those you know that's impressive you give him credit but that was a trip down memory lane i'm sure if you guys are sports fans you absolutely remember hearing that rap and that was the backdrop, right, of, in my opinion, the highlight of All-Star Weekend. It was the interview, if you would, if, you can't even really call it that, but it was the Shaq and Kobe sit-down, and it was supposed to be an interview. You know, Shaq is a member of the media now, and he was supposed to be interviewing Kobe, but as you would expect, like, if you know, you know, following both of these men, you know, uh, Kobe was it seemed fairly easy to flip that whole dynamic around. And as you watch that, it's not so much that Shaq is interviewing Kobe. It's almost as if Kobe is like toying with Shaq. Um, and it was really interesting. If you haven't seen it, I really suggest you watch it. But to me, right, and you heard it in the freestyle, we all know the Kobe Tell me how my ass tastes line, right? That's funny. And, you know, Kobe couldn't win without me. All that stuff is funny. The key line in that entire freestyle that Shaq had was Kobe ratted me out. That's why I got a divorce. If you don't remember, this is when Kobe was going through his entire uh, saga, if you will, in Colorado. There was, like, I guess, I guess when he went to 
the police station, right? When he was, I don't know, it wasn't an interrogation. He was sitting with the police officers. They're recording it, right? And for no reason, they weren't asking him. He was sitting there. He's like, oh, man, I, I just should have been like Shaq and paid him or paid her. And I'm like, yo, what you talking about Shaq for? Right? Shaq had nothing to do with your situation. Why are you bringing up Shaq to the police? And then that, of course, made news. It leaked somehow. And then, you know, everybody sees it. And then, again, like Shaq said, that led to him getting a divorce. So their beef, and they talked about a lot of stuff in the interview. They actually talked about the Kobe. They, they played the, the the that part of the rap, right? Kobe, how my ass tastes part. They didn't touch about the, and I knew they wouldn't for obvious reasons. That's a legal case. Kobe obviously wants to put that stuff behind him. But when I hear Shaq and Kobe sitting down to discuss their, their history, the number one thing I'm thinking about is Kobe being a snitch. Right? Like, that's what I want to hear. You know what I'm saying? I don't care about Shaq slapping Kobe. I mean, they talked about that, too. And, you know, that's that. And that was dope. They really went there. But don't 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 tease us. Right. Don't go there a little bit. And then with the big the big elephant in the room, you just sidestep it. Nah, baby, we got to hear that. How you going to interview Shaq and Kobe and not talk about that? Like, that's the real. You understand? And a side note real quick. I talked about how I loved. All-Star Saturday night in the first quarter. And my favorite part of All-Star Weekend was this interview. It's They call it players only, right? Where two, where there are no broadcasters per se. It's just players dominate the broadcast. And the players only interviews are really, I actually enjoy those, right? We had the, the uh, Magic and Isaiah Thomas one. That was interesting. The Shaq and Kobe. And then we had... Um, Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, that one was good, but it wasn't like the other two only because there was no friction between Bird and McHale. There was friction, right? There was stuff that we were curious about when it came to Magic and Isaiah and obviously Shaq and Kobe. With McHale and Bird, it was more communal. It was more friendly. You know what I mean? That it was, like I said, it wasn't tension there. And I think that took away from, from, if you're comparing it to the other two, right? I, as a basketball junkie, I still loved it, right? I still enjoyed it. But when they do the players only in that regard, I enjoy it. All-Star Saturday night, the, and again, they're pushing players only with Turner, and I get it. And I'm going to tread very careful because my dream job is to work, right, on TNT, somehow, some way, do some of their basketball coverage. So I'm not going to go too hard. But, baby... We 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 gotta we gotta we gotta rethink this players only stuff, man. I mean, we had Dennis Scott doing interviews on Saturday night, and I was kind of like, man, what what is this? You know, All Star Saturday Night to me is this is this is big. I love it. I grew up on this. Like I said, I'm always gonna watch as long as I can All Star Saturday Night. You know what I'm saying? So you know, I'm expecting Kevin Harlan, you know, Charles, Ernie. You know what I'm saying? Maybe Marv, the whole nine, like what we're used to, what we're accustomed to. Instead, we got Chris Webber, Brent Berry, and Dennis Scott. And I'm like, yo, no disrespect to those guys, man. You know, they're doing their thing. But come on, maybe don't don't do that again. 
<laughs> please, on All Star Saturday night, let let they gave us Kenny Smith for the dunk contest. That's like that's part of that's got to be a rule. Kenny's got to do the dunk contest. And I like hearing Reggie. I like Reggie. I think a lot of y'all don't like him, and I get it. But Reggie to me is funny, despite the fact that he's always talking stuff about my Knicks. I still think it's funny. But uh, we need we need the crew. You know, we need EJ. We need Charles. We need Harlan. Don't don't do that again, please. You know what I'm saying? But back to the interview because this was my favorite moment of All Star Saturday Night or of the, the All Star Weekend. Shaq sitting down with Kobe. This is like my, you know, teenage early twenty my teenage years, early twenties, and they're talking about the how the whole trade went down, and you know, Shaq was mad when Kobe won his fifth ring, <laughs> and it was really funny. It was really interesting, and it was really. Uh, it, it showed how both guys are, like each guy, and they're so different, right? And it was fascinating to see Shaq as the quote-unquote interviewer, right? And Kobe's just falling back and kind of playing it because, you know, Shaq is so easy to read, man. He just loves attention so much that Kobe kind of fell back, and you're just hearing Shaq just go at it, and Kobe would throw in, you know, little little nuggets from time to time. And you can see that he would still jab Shaq it was really interesting to see. If again, if you haven't watched it, I strongly suggest that you do. Um, it was really funny. It was really interesting. However, they also missed a huge moment, in my opinion, because you can't talk about Shaq and Kobe beef and not talk about Kobe dry snitching. You know what I mean? Like that, because that's the thing. Forget about the basketball on the floor stuff. Forget about, you know, whose team it is, yada, 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 no, 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 no. When it comes to beef, there was only one thing that could be beef with Shaq and Kobe, and that was Kobe. I got, Kobe ratted me out. That's why I got divorced. All right, guys, you heard the horn. That means it is halftime. We are halfway through the show. But before we get to the show, just want to give you guys a bit of a reminder there are so many ways for you to interact with me and the show each and every week. I really look forward to hearing your guys' email. Stoppage time is coming up as well this week. But before we get to your emails, remember, you can tweet me at the show on Twitter at Quarterly Show. That's Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E Show. You can email us at the show at Quarterly Report. And make sure you guys subscribe to the show on iTunes. All you have to do is go to iTunes, go to the podcast directory, search quarterly report. Again, that's Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E report. You'll see my face on a coin. Click on that icon, subscribe to the show. And while you're there, rate and review it, please. You know, leave me uh, your thoughts on the show, what you like, which maybe you don't like. And if you have the time, we would love to to get your five-star reviews. And also, if you're not on iTunes, if you don't like iTunes, you can also go to Spotify. We are on Spotify as well. Go to uh, Spotify and search for the quarterly report. Again, that's Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E report. All right, guys, every other week we do this thing what we like to call stoppage time. And that's where I take uh, a little time out of the show to Read some of your guys' emails. You guys um, are really good, man. We're getting more emails each week, so keep them coming. You guys can comment on anything. You can ask me a question on sports, uh, movies, music, entertainment, all. Any questions, there are no things off 
uh, off limits. You know what I mean? I want you guys to interact. I want you guys to feel like you're a part of the show. So without further ado, we got two questions this week. Number one is from Asia. Asia is from Clinton, Maryland. Shout out to Clinton. Um, and she asked, or not really asked, she says, I love the show. Thank you. But she says, you can't seriously be anti-technology, or is this just a bit that you have? Really like the show, keep it up, but I can't let this go. So, Asia, thank you for listening. I'm assuming you're uh, responding to my Rise of the Machine segment, and we had one on Elon Musk last week. And to answer your question, yes, <laughs> I am actually, I can't, I'm not going to sit here and say that I am anti-technology, you know what I mean? Because that's not the truth. That's not the case, but I am to an extent like I'm super weird, man. I don't do online banking. Um, I still mail out checks and bills and stuff. I go to the post office <laughs> stamps. You understand what I'm saying? I don't do I don't do the, um, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I don't shop on Amazon. You know what I mean? I'm weird like that. But I was thinking about this and I left this off the show last week when we, when I was talking about technology. It's weird how things shift, right? And I just like, I, I am a little, you know, I don't know if you want to, I'm not going to say I'm old school, but I'm, I'm a bit paranoid. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not as trusting, you know, as a lot of uh, my peers are when it comes to the convenience that technology brings us. Um, case in point, I don't know how old you guys are or you specifically, Asia, but, uh, you know, I'm 35 and I remember vividly the 2000 elections, right? And if you're around my age, you know, this election like stands out to you as well. It was Al Gore and George W. Bush. We all know what happened. But uh, at leading up to W getting the presidency, right? All eyes were on Florida. And there was this big controversy about hanging chads and all this other stuff because a very liberal county in Florida had a large number of votes to a, an extremely conservative Pat Buchanan. And the reason behind it was that, you know, people, um, it was like still like ballots, not electronic like things are now, right? But people were voting. They didn't read it right and they didn't line it up uh, to vote for the candidate that they really wanted. So there were some people who voted twice and they had to be disregarded or even if they punctured again, this was the hanging chad. Even if you punctured uh, a hole, not even fully, but just slightly for Buchanan instead of Al Gore, they had to toss away your, uh, your ballot. And I remember all the pundits at this time were like, yo, it's crazy. It's the year 2000. How are we still voting on paper ballots? We need to be voting all on electric uh, touch screens and yada 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 so fast forward 18 years and now right you turn on the news and everybody's like yo we just got hacked <laughs> and it's been in the plan it, like russia has been planning this since 2014 and you know several states have been hacked and all this other stuff and now people are trying to go back to paper ballots and i i just i just bring that up because i think it's funny how we are all just rushing for like these advancements in terms of technology not out of necessity you know what i mean i understand like again if we're using uh ai and all this all these advancements when it comes to technology to help right like need help people in need that's dope i'm i mean we that we can't stop 
we can't stop it anyway, right? We're always going to move forward. But what I kind of reject, I guess, or fight against is the, the what I feel is unnecessary, like advancements in technology that just just because of laziness, right? Or because of not just convenience, but again, just out of being lazy, like I, that that type of stuff, or the stuff that pe- I feel like people just do just because. You know what I'm saying? So, Asia, hopefully that answers your question. I'm not all the way against advancements via technology. I just want to pause and like just question some of the moves that we're doing because, again, just look back 18 years ago. You know, we thought that touch screens were the future, and now look at you know how that got us jammed up. All right. Second question for uh, stoppage time this week. This one is from Holcomb. Holcomb is from Richmond, Virginia. Shout out Richmond. Love y'all, baby. And Holcomb asks, did I see Black Panther? He too loves Blank Man, but he asks, what is my opinion on Black Panther? Did I like it? And how would I rate it via stars? So Holcomb, thank you for uh, your question. Thank you for listening. Um, I enjoy Black Panther. I saw it twice this past week and I'm not going to give you my review because it's only been out for a week, you know, and I know everybody hasn't seen it. So I'm not going to delve deep into the, the, the movie. I enjoyed it and I really want to talk about it. So, uh, hit again, hit me up on Twitter at quarterly show. That's Q U A R T E R L E E or email us at quarterly report at gmail.com. Because if you guys honestly uh, really want to hear my thoughts on the movie, I definitely open to do it. Um, and maybe I'll, I'll invite uh, comic extraordinaire, um, my guy Mark Moore, who was on a few weeks back, to have him break down the movie with me. But um, I'm not going to do it this week to answer your question, Holcomb, only because, you know, it's only been out for a week. Um, everybody hasn't seen it yet. So I'm not going to do the spoiler joint, but... Uh, if you guys really want to hear my thoughts, um, it's a week out in advance. So many things could happen. So I'm not, I don't want to, uh, guarantee me talking about the show next week because there's a lot of things that's coming up next week. But if we do have the time and if, uh, nothing too crazy happens in the world of sports and entertainment in the next five days, I will pencil in, uh, a quarter to break down black Panther because there's a lot of stuff I want to talk about. Uh, so again, guys, that stoppage time again. Email me at the show and we'll uh, answer your questions or your comments or whatever it is that you want to discuss. I really like to hear from you guys and um, I appreciate you guys listening to the show. All right, guys, that was the first half, as I said earlier, but halftime is right around the corner. And these are probably my favorite segments to do in halftime. Uh, Last week, you guys heard from my sister. and This week, you're going to hear from my daughter again as she reads some of our favorite quotes from the man, the myth, the legend, Bill Walton. It's what we like to call Bill Walton's words of wisdom. It's time now for Bill Walton's words of wisdom. David Robinson looks like a Greek Udonis. One dime. I'm really looking forward to seeing Jace Johnson's career. Far as I can tell, I was going on accessory.com. 
I do not believe he is related to Jack Johnson. Big Ben, please. Learning how to speak is my greatest accomplishment. And your worst nightmare. Go down. And that was... Bill Walton's Words of Wisdom. Yo, I promise you. I, I know I, I say this after each time we do this as a halftime, but I promise you all, those are legitimate, real-life quotes from Bill Walton. <laughs> I mean, like, it's amazing. You know, usually any other time for halftime segments, you know, I'm I'm coming up with stuff. You know, my mind is a bit weird, you know what I mean? But uh, refreshing for me, my mind is not anywhere close to being as weird as Walton's. Again, those are all quotes, so... You know, him talking about Jack Johnson not being related to a, a player for BYU or an actor, excuse me, a white actor. Nonetheless, that's not something that I came up with. That's legit. Bill Walton on air on ESPN saying these things, man. And man, like there are two people in this type. There are two types of people in this world, right? People who take their sport seriously and those type of people hate Bill Walton. If you find yourself being one of those people. Again, I don't want to know you. I don't want to talk to you. I listen to Bill Walton. I promise you, man, I watch so much Pac-12 basketball. And I don't even like college basketball. But I watch it off the strength of Bill Walton. He and Dave Pash are so funny together. I promise you, man, I love that joint so much. So I enjoy doing those half times. And, of course, my lovely daughter joins in on the fun as well. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that. And hopefully you guys are ready. For the second half of the show, again, we made our in-game adjustments. We're going to start the second half strong with our guest this week, a former colleague of mine, David Duvall. You can catch his work as a producer for Showtime Boxing, as well as in the DMV area, the Wizards production for NBC Washington. My guest this week, David Duvall. Dave, what's going on, bro? Hey, man. It's good to be here, man. I appreciate having you on the show. Oh, no doubt, man. Thank you for joining me this week. And we've got a lot to discuss with this interview. I'm super excited about it. Uh, I talked earlier about basketball, and we'll circle back to hoops in a second. But you worked the Danny Garcia-Brandon Rios fight this past weekend, and that's where I want to start. Um, Danny looked really good. It was a fun, exciting fight, you know, him coming off of a, a long layoff. Um, and we have, I know the year just started, but we have an early contender for knockout of the year. So... As someone who saw it, right, sitting ringside, I'm curious, your impressions of Danny, number one, and number two, what would you like to see Swift do next? I thought Garcia looked, um, you know, as close a facsimile as you could hope if you've been off that long. Right. Just, you know, the work rate, uh, the combinations, he was clever off the ropes, Um you know, and he 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 lost. I'd say on a couple of the judges. I mean, he had lost two rounds on mm. two of the judges' scorecards. So Rios was definitely frisky. The crowd was definitely behind him. You could hear the Rios chants in multiple rounds. Um, and then Garcia was. There was a point where you know he really had to kind of gather himself and turn the tide uh, and start dominating the rounds. And he did that. I think like around round four and five. Right. And then the TKO at seven, of course. Um, so I have to say, uh, considering he was off for 12 months, uh, I thought he had to give him like an A-minus, man. He looked pretty sharp. And, again, it was a tough loss to Thurman. 
um, right. when he lost. And it was, you know, it was a split decision. Uh, I mean, a lot of people thought that maybe he won the fight. Um, he yeah. certainly finished the fight stronger against um, that night against Thurman. So, uh, you know, if Danny, he, it's good to kind of get this monkey off his back, and now he can get back to fighting. And, of course, you know, the, the Sean Porter uh, as the welterweight turns line, you know, from the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just one of those things, man, where you know, Sean felt like Danny ducked him in the process of fighting Rios. And it's right. understandable to feel that way. Um, but Sean Porter's just not the guy you want to fight when you're trying to yeah. get right. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's the same reason Thurman was very coy with him about coming off the elbow surgery when they were sitting together. Right. He's like, look, man, <laughs> you just, I don't want to go to, like, uh, Ali and just fight this guy like this, you know what I mean, coming off surgery. Um, right. So I have a feeling that Porter may not, uh, get the opponent he's hoping to get, uh, but we'll see. Uh, the Errol Spence tweet was a good one, and you know I think him against Garcia would be an extremely um, good boxing match to watch. I'm joined now by my guest this week, David Duvall. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. He's at McNubian. That's M C N U B I A N. He's a producer for Showtime Sports. Boxing is what we're talking about now, and. He is a part of the Wizards broadcast for NBC Washington. Um, and I feel like you hit the nail on the head in terms of the welterweight division. Um, Sean is such a tough opponent. He's by no means the most skilled fighter at 147, but he may be the hardest. But then when you look at the young gunners, man, we got Arrow, you got Bud, Danny to some extent. Um, and they're all coming, you know, one way or another for Keith Thurman. Um, Thurman, obviously, and he's smart for this. He's not going to jump in. He had elbow surgery. He's not going to jump in the ring for his first fight against anyone the caliber of those fighters that we just named. So if you, let's play uh, matchmaker, right? If you have the ability to book Keith Thurman's, not his next fight in May, but at the end of the year, let's say he has a tune-up fight in a few months, and then he fights a big-time opponent at the end of the year. Who would you most want to see Keith step in the ring with after his tune-up opponent? Uh, I'd like to see probably Thurman Spence the most. Yeah, um, yeah. That would be uh, a fight that would, would test Especially. Thurman. Yeah. Um, and Arrow, you know, again, the, one knock on, the only knock on Spence is that he doesn't go deep into rounds. Um, but I, I thought his most recent fight in the U.K. Yeah, last year versus uh, Kale. arduous fight because those fights outside in Europe, it's just a whole different mindset. You know, I, I, I was impressed with his performance. Um, and I know he wouldn't take Thurman out quick, but right. I think he could get him probably before yeah. 10. Yeah, you know, Spence's body work, to me, is what's what will be key. We've seen in the past, uh, Thurman is very vulnerable to body shots. You know what I mean? He slows down. Uh, we've seen it in several of his past fights. And Spence, I mean, his bread and butter, besides his power, is the fact that he stays... He, he definitely pays attention to the body work. So um, I think that, you know, Spence would have the advantage. Yeah. Danny had him hurt with the body in those double-digit rounds. Yeah, you're right. So, I mean, you're right. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, so I, again, that, that would be a real fun fight to watch. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. All my all my fights, too, I want to see involve Earl Spence. So. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm the same way. That boy Spence is a problem. Uh, he's easily rising up my favorite fighter list. And, you know, fingers crossed, we've been getting a lot of these quote-unquote super fights 
in the last year plus. And, you know, obviously Canelo Golovkin Cinco de Mayo weekend is going to be huge and is the biggest super fight right now. But fingers crossed, man, the fight that it, it's it seems like it should happen. And hopefully it does. Spence and Bud, man, if those two guys ever get in the ring, man. I mean, just take all my money because they're two of the best fighters in the world. All right, guys, once again, I'm joined by my man, David Duvall. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. He's at McNubian. He is the producer for Showtime Sports. We just finished talking boxing, and now we're going to switch to the other team he covers. He is part of the production crew for Wizards broadcast at NBC Washington. And, you know, I've spent a lot of time discussing, trying to break down the Wizards, and it's just been such a strange and odd year for the team. They've got so much talent, but the record, despite being a, a, a fine record, it's nothing wrong, I think we all would agree they have more talent than their record indicates. And then, you know, a few weeks back, we find out that John is going to go undergo surgery. And look, man, full disclosure, I thought that the Wizards season was over. And to my surprise, the Wizards start outperforming, you know, the level that they have been playing this entire season which, again, makes no sense, to me at least. And then you've got the reports of the locker room turmoil, chemistry issues, all these other things. From the outside looking in, it is hard to put a finger on what is going on with the Wizards this year. So I'm asking you as someone who covers the team, who's with the team, who follows the team everywhere, how do you make sense of this year for the Washington Wizards? Um, well, I mean, it, it's been – you know, almost like a like a weird hologram prism. You know what I mean? Like from, <laughs> right. from, from in one respect, you're like, man, they do look a lot deeper. Like, right. Fully healthy, the Wizards bench really should be talented enough uh, to compete with any playoff bench they'll see. Even even Toronto. And Toronto's got right. a really good bench. Right. But I mean, but that means that they've got to be healthy. And so, you know, Keith is out of shape to start training camp. Uh, Mahimi was kind of bouncing back from a knee thing. Um, so their bench was a little sporadic. Uh, I mean, Oubre was really pretty solid for November and December. He's right. down in a little slump now. Um, but it's just they just haven't had like eight guys clicking all at once. And so, yeah, there's a reason they're only nine games over, you know. Right. But on the flip side, um, if you played the Wizards back in December and you're seeing them now for the first time since you played them in December, there's a new scouting report. Right, and you've got to adjust to the new scout report of how to play the Wizards. Um, yeah, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure the, the execs like to be talking about it, but but that's just the reality, you know. Um, that this the saddle runs the team different than John does, right? Absolutely, yeah. The ball is going to hop around a little more. Um, you know, he he's he can hit threes. He's a more consistent three point shooter above the breaks than John is. Um, as well. And that's a small sample size, but, I mean, he's shooting like 61% this month. Right. A lot of them have, haven't been baseline threes. He's actually branched out and hit some wing threes. So right. if he starts hitting that, that means he could play with John and Brad. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's so big. Yeah. So, in other words, so if you're a Wizards fan, you're pretty excited because, again, Ernie's draft picks, it's John, it's Brad, um, it's Kelly. Kelly. Otto. And, and even though it's a draft, and Otto. Uh, but then beyond, like, the lottery, lottery picture, like, come on, what, what second-round gems have you found? Well, I mean, Sato was officially starting to be in that discussion. You know? Absolutely. That boy can play. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, he knows how to play basketball. He's not a great pass. He's not the greatest passer. He's not the greatest rebounder. He's not the greatest shot blocker or penetrator. He doesn't have the greatest teardrop, but he can do all those things pretty well. Right. You know, so yeah. in, in the body of a game, and he's got a lot of professional experience. So um, I think he's a low-maintenance alternative to John, and I think Scotty's, you know, going to try to coach his best. And, you know, if they're still top five when John returns, um, you know, you never know what could happen. Right. They're not good enough to beat Cleveland, and they're close enough. You know, I feel like outside of Cleveland, atop the Eastern Conference, whether it's Toronto, Boston, Washington, or whomever, they're all kind of just, they're in the same tier. You know what I mean? And depending on the year, one team can get out of the pack, you know what I mean, and face LeBron in the conference final. No, I agree. Every every machination of a Cleveland, Toronto, Washington second-round series, every machination feels like it could go seven games. Right, and right. So it's hard, it's hard to handicap who would win. Ultimately, you know, just go maybe with the health and, and who's trending up. But right now, if you told me Celtics was in the playoffs, it feels like it would definitely go six or seven. Yeah. You know, I, you know so it's hard to really say. And same with Toronto. Yeah, yeah. So it's just one of those things where Cleveland – as long as they understand that, you know, the, 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 you know, the defense turns the offense, you run with LeBron. Um, yeah, are you worried about Clarkson in game five on a road game? He's never played the playoffs. Right. But some kind of way the osmosis of LeBron just feels so um, so looming, you know? I mean, <laughs> you can't say it better than that. Once again, guys, this has been my guy Dave Duvall. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. He's at McNubian. He's an Emmy Award-winning producer Works with Showtime Boxing, Showtime Sports, as well as the Wizards broadcast. Um, you know, we're all excited. The NBA second half or home stretch, if you will, starts back up Thursday night. So we're all excited. Dave, thank you so much for joining me this week on the Quarterly Report. And I uh, look forward to talking to you soon. I appreciate it, Omar. Thank you, man. All right, y'all. We are three quarters down, meaning we only have one quarter left to finish up strong. So without further ado, let's get it going. Fourth quarter. You know, I talk about technological advancements all the time in the show uh, was one question earlier in the episode via stoppage time and obviously the rise of the machines uh, segments feature heavily you know my concerns with all the advancements we're making as a society however how is it that we can focus so much on having robots communicate and open doors seemingly that adds nothing to us as a society, as a people, you know what I mean? As a species. Yet, when it comes to advancements in techno technology, in terms of entertainment, we look to the past. I'm in the Black Panther, you know, what movie theater, looking at the previews and side note. The previews for the movies now, I remember when it used to be like three previews, man. So if the movie starts at 8.30, you know what I'm saying? By the time 8.40 comes around, you know, the movie has started. I kid you not, I felt like I was in the previews for the movie watching a television show. Like, it, it, I'm not going to cite it be like it was a complete half hour of previews, but damn if it went close. Usually, you know, when you do a television show, you got X amount of minutes for content, not factoring in, like, commercial breaks. So, you know... It'll be the 20, 20, 30, 20 minutes and 30 seconds of content, 22 minutes and 15 seconds, whatever. You, you get the point. We in there for 20 minutes looking at previews. 
And of the previews, there were nothing but reboots or the, the continuation of a reboot, right? There's Mission Impossible. There's another Mission Mission Impossible been coming out since I was like in high school, man. I'm like, that's cool now, but golly, man, let's let's put are these ever coming to an end? Mission Impossible. There's Jurassic, there's another Jurassic Park movie. The first Jurassic Park happened when I'm in Bro, if I wasn't in the fifth grade, I'm like in the sixth grade or something like that. Elementary school. Matter of fact. Jeff Goldblum, who was in like the original Jurassic Park, is now in this new Jurassic Park. And if I'm correct, and I believe I am, I was reading up on this, he's not even playing the same character. <laughs> How the hell does that happen? You win the same franchise, right? That a franchise that has been, I mean, we, we, almost 30 years, like 25 some odd years now. 25 years of this franchise, essentially. And uh, this it's to the point where the same actor is playing multiple characters? Bro, why are we lazy? Why the reboots? And, and this is the thing that really got me. Roseanne Barr, bro. Roseanne Barr. The Roseanne Barr show is coming back. I And this is not a knock on Roseanne, man. Like, I used to watch the Roseanne Barr show with my family and Richmond. We was little. Dog, this show gotta be close to 30 years old. And they coming back. Coming back for what? Like, why? <laughs> what are we doing? They, there's so many creative, talented people. Whether they are on or whether they're trying to come up, man, we all know people who are super creative, super imaginative, right? One of my favorite shows is Insecure. Issa Rae. She started that joint from the jump. Just started with a web series. Look at all the web or online content of people just trying to get their voices heard. There are imaginative, new, fresh concepts out there. Dog, we running back Roseanne Barr? We running back Martin? Oh, my God. That blew me. A few weeks ago, and I know y'all know about this. They're talking about the Martin. Martin's coming back. God bless the dead, man. Tommy just died last year or two years ago now. What are we doing? I loved Martin. Martin is one of my favorite shows ever. Martin came out in the early 90s, man. So much has changed. Like, you know, it's cool. When Martin first came out, it was new. It was fresh. There have been so many Martins now in the years since it has come to an end. That y'all going to try to run it back? I don't understand that logic. I mean, I understand the logic. It's just lazy as hell. I'm going to break it down. My favorite television shows, okay? Personally, Mr. Robot is like my favorite TV show. Mr. Robot, although it flashed back to, you know, the 80s and early 90s, and it definitely has uh, uh, a bit of a retro feel, the, the, the core of the show is absolutely, right, a 2018 type of show, right? Hacking, uh, um, vigilante justice in terms of um, electronic database, like, uh, you know, um, personal demons in terms of where we are in terms of self-care, right? And therapy, all these different dynamics that factor into the show. 
on the surface, yeah, it's just a hacking show. But it's got so much more. You understand what I'm saying? It's a distinct 2000 plus, right? 2017, 18, 19 type of show. Insecure, I talked about Insecure. I love that show, right? And it's about, you know, uh, 20 slash 30 something trying to find love. The On its surface, like these are ideas and concepts that we've done over and over again. But it's done in a fresh, unique way. You know, I like Gronish. You understand what I'm saying? Gronish, a lot of people make the parallels to a different world. And yes, on its surface, it's like that. However, they, they talk about topics that are not in the 80s and the 90s. This is a very much 2018. The, gener, the generation gap between the 90s, early 90s and late 80s and now is so significant. You understand what I'm saying? Y'all listening to me on a podcast. This is part of many people's regular day uh regular lives listening to a podcast or you know checking out what's online and what's trending all these things so just to put a character that was created in 1991 and just drop them in you know in the year 2018 that just seems so lazy i mean again look i talked about this is us last week that's a creative show it does so much it's got so much ambition We've got stories to talk about. Modern family, even in the comedic sense. It's such a fresh, it's a very new millennium television show. There's so many stories to tell. Why do we keep on trying to rehash stories from 1991? And I love Martin. But damn, nah, man, don't don't bring it back. Nobody want to hear Martin talk about Pam like that no more, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, think about this. There was colorism in Martin, like blatant colorism. Pam was better than Gina. Them jokes aren't going to fly anymore. Bama's not trying to hear that. It's it's asking for disaster. Roseanne Barr? Between Hollywood, again, Mission Impossible, Jurassic Park, they talking about doing house party again. You know what I'm saying? House party. And all these other movies... <laughs> They've done Batman over and you know what I'm saying? Like all the movies that they have tried to do or successfully done in the past, they're like, hey, well, you know what? We had ideas. Let's run it back. I mean, <laughs> and we just accept it. Nah, man. I'm 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 done, man. There's so many really good television and movie ideas that exist. Go to YouTube, man. Like again, like you got these creative kids out here now and who who are using the 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 changing dynamic in how we view and how we consume entertainment to their advantage? Just go look at some of these shows that people are putting out on YouTube, and you mean to tell me we gotta do Roseanne Barr and Martin? Come on, man! Nah, we we got it. We deserve. We need to demand better. Absolutely, man. You know, and I don't even watch that much television. Again, I like the shows that I like. You know, Mr. Robot is my favorite television show. They give me maybe 10 episodes a year. You know what I'm saying? They are already cheating. You feel me? Hey, remember when we were coming up, man? It was like 20 episode seasons. We got 10 now, if you're lucky. You know, get out of here, man. Nobody trying to check for no Roseanne Barr. They're going to bring back next. Mama's family, get out of here. Get out of here, man.
I'm not going anywhere. In fact, each and every Thursday, you can check me out right here, okay? The quarterly report every Thursday. Tell your friends, tell your family, and let me know your thoughts on the show. And there are plenty of ways to get in contact with yours truly. You can tweet at us. We're at Quarterly Show. That's Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E Show. You can email us. We're at QuarterlyReport at gmail.com. And, of course, you can subscribe to a whole bunch of ways, right? However you listen to podcasts, whether it's Spotify, we're now on Podknife, and, of course, iTunes as well. All you have to do is go to the podcast directory on your Apple product. Search the quarterly report. Again, that's Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E report. You'll see my face on the coin. Click on that. Subscribe. And if you don't mind, give us a review. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know what you like, your ideas. Uh, If you have any questions, whatever the case may be, let me and let the world know what you love, what you like about the show. And if you don't mind, give us a few five-star ratings as well. Also, you know, I talked about television shows, right? Y'all know, if you listen to the show at any significant amount of time, I love The Wire. Two things, right? This is a plug. Jonathan Abrams released All Things Matter, uh, a uh, oral history of The Wire. I finally got mine. I suggest if you love the show, check it out, read it. It's got a lot of really fun nuggets in there, man. And it makes you want to rewatch the show. This is not a plug. I'm not getting paid by this guy. I just really love the show. And if you love the show, Check this out. Go to our Instagram page. It's Quarterly Report. Again, that's on Instagram. And you'll see scattered on there a bunch of what I like to call Wire NBA mixes, where essentially I take NBA superstars and compare them right to their the best character from the Wire who represents them. It's a really fun concept. I really enjoy doing it from the responses that you guys have given me. I think you guys like doing them as well. If you haven't checked it out, again, just go to Instagram. Search for the quarterly report and check it out. We've done probably about 15 now. So we've got 15 up and we got a bunch more coming around the corner. So make sure you check those out and let me know again in the comment section what you like, what you don't like. All right, guys. Thank you so much for rocking with me. This is episode 45, man. I can't believe it. We are five weeks away from episode 50. That's crazy. But I want to thank you all for listening and rocking with me and checking me out, man. I appreciate each and every one of you. And I'll see you right back here next week on The Quarterly Report.